Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm not going to mm-hmm. learn about fucking Joan of Arc and or Harriet Tubman and, you know, what have you and sit back and not make a change. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Step into my full power. my face hurts so bad like I scratch like I scratched myself with a nail that broke and I have neosporin like on mm. my face I don't know I, when it yeah so I currently my eyelids are like super dry and like look really <laughs> pink no I'm serious this has never happened to me before I don't know how to handle this Colorado weather I've just like, I can't do you see relate them? they don't no, it doesn't look dry, but it's they Colorado are. for sure. I'll send you for sure. My skin is like, we don't, we don't know what's happening. Where's the well, humidity? What are you putting on your skin? Like what products are you using? Um, I probably need to like do a little upgrade. I have like a retinol cream that I use. I use like drunk elephants moisturizer. Mm. That's the best. And do I do have like an eye serum? cream. Um, I have like a vitamin C serum. But no, there's not another serum I'm using right now. And I think I need to add that in. Well, I, especially yeah, I as mean, winter is upon us. No, seriously. That was one of my things in Colorado. Like, I appreciate a Texas winter because it doesn't get so blisteringly cold. Mm-hmm. But also, it's like a little bit of a reprieve from... It's mild. Yeah. Yeah, it's a mild winter. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I do about the same thing. I have a vitamin C serum... I just got this eye cream that I will be promoting soon. Exciting. So I can add that to our show notes. Um, But it's like a caffeine under eye cream. And I naturally, like, it's it's genetic. I naturally have, like, dark circles under my eyes. Mm -hmm. And if you look at, like, my one half of my family, like, you can see it really clearly Mm. in, like, that half of the family. And I'm like, no, no, no. Like, genetics, I'm going to do everything in my power to not, you know, grow into the the under eye circles. Like I refuse. So yeah. I'm trying. Job. Thank you. I am trying. It's like even if I get plenty of sleep, like mm-hmm. no matter what, it's like under eye dark circles, and I'm not about it. So, anywho, okay. What's been anyways? Up with you? Um, I don't know. Life is really weird right now. <laughs> I think that like this time period before daylight savings ends and after the weather cools down it's always like a little twilight zony you know what i'm saying yes it does feel like that and not in a bad way necessarily like i hate summer i hate it i'm so happy that it's over i love shorter days i love when it gets dark out like i cannot wait for it to get like snowy and all the things but yeah everything feels confusing and unstable right now and that's okay oh my god I'm just kind of like that's real I feel like a little baby deer just like stumbling through life you know and I'm just doing my best (laughs) all right Bambi (laughs) oh my god okay speaking of which um I've always thought that the shorter days and like you know the, the night kind of setting in a little earlier in the day or seemingly earlier in the day is so nice because like when you go on dates like you're going on a date in the night and it's just a little yes you know what i'm saying everything is sexier yes i love it yes seriously like we come alive like the girls come alive in the fall okay Mm -hmm. and i'm not talking about like the basic bitches and their pumpkin spice lattes i'm talking like you know feral girl fall here we are yeah is that us is that what we're having i don't really know i'm taking it day by day I'm having a day mentally day. ill girl fall, but doing my best. <laughs> so how is that different than the other seasons? <laughs> I did see like a meme the other day that was like, my depression is seasonal. Like in the summer, it's like manic depression. In the um, fall, it's nostalgic. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> Wait, that's interesting. Nostalgic depression. That, mm-hmm. And then like I the spring was like hopeful depression. <laughs> Right. 
I don't know if nostalgic depression, like the person that said that intended for it to mean what I'm thinking, but I'm thinking like, like there is something about this time period or this period of like the year where you start kind of getting very reminiscent of shit, Mm -hmm. like very sentimental. I cried. I like bawled watching um, Lennox Hill on Netflix. It's like medical. So New Amsterdam, the TV show is based off of Lennox Hill, which is a public hospital in New York City. And uh, New Amsterdam is the dramatized version of it, but Lennox Hill is the reality version. So it follows different doctors. Mm -hmm. Um, And the last episode um, highlighted the summer of 2020 and just after COVID had happened and you seeing from like the provider side or from like the first responder side or the essential worker side, what they went through. And I just got so emotional. I was like, the way that I feel like our country has been divided over the past like several years, I want to think that COVID kind of brought us all together in a sense. And then I, I started getting so. really, well, yeah, I know. Maybe for mean, a moment, like, like for a moment, yeah. it felt that way. And then we went on our separate ways per usual. No. Yeah. I mean, and then like we allowed ourselves to be divided over really what we thought of the virus. And I was like, it doesn't fucking matter what we think. It's a virus. A virus is a virus. Like it's going to do what viruses do. And so how can we band together and, you know, like make it better. But that wasn't really the, um, the sentiment there. But what I got emotional about was like the way that these essential workers really just had to put everything aside. One of the women, um, is a doctor and she was talking about an ER doctor and she was pregnant with her second child, had just had her first child. And she and, um, her husband had to live in separate houses because she was going to and from, the hospital every day and she was mm-hmm. like i will be damned if i um expose my my infant son um or toddler son maybe at that point and my husband because i have to work in this environment and it was just like the sacrifices you really saw firsthand so i got super emotional and then at the end it ended the series by um showing a bunch of doctors kneeling in uh the streets of new york and they were holding signs that said you clap for us we kneel for you black lives matter and I just like lost it. I was like, it just took me back to that time period and every, like the weight of it. And I started kind of contemplating, like I got super cont- contemplative. I was like, I, we're, we're forever changed as a society. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And it's like, you know, you watch this back and you hear them talking about, oh, well, when the virus is gone, when this is all over and it's like, it's still not. And mm-hmm. we still have to like deal with it, you know, and we're de- still dealing with repercussions of this, you know, pandemic. And it's just mind boggling. Anyway. Okay. Rant over. Mm. That is depressing. So I cried yesterday about that, but yeah, it's just, there's something about this season that makes me very, very sentimental and I get very nostalgic. Um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's the cold weather. Maybe it's the feral girlness of it all. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And you were just saying like the leaves are changing in your backyard. Finally. My God. Like I was just waiting for those suckers. I'm like, okay, we're at the end of October, blah, blah, blah. Um, Okay. I know that something we wanted to talk about really fast and it's kind of heavy. So I want to kind of, I don't want to get it out of the way, but I want to just address it and then we can Mm -hmm. move forward. Um, And that is all of the genocide, frankly, I wanted to say conflict, but I feel like that undermines it. All of the Mm. genocide that is taking place in Israel and Gaza right now. I think that it's so easy to be like, okay, well, it's easy to look at it from like almost like a governmental lens or like a political lens. And it's, I think it's just selling yourself and everybody else short to do that. People are dying. Um, There's literal genocide taking place. Like we are, you know, seeing kind of this uh resurrection of what uh, the holocaust you know what Mm, i mean like mm -hmm. there are people innocent people being killed i really Mm. don't give a fuck what someone's background is i don't you know obviously with hamas hamas um i mean i don't want to like overstate that name because it i mean they're terrorists like it's simple as that and i think it's really um 
uh, obviously despicable what they're the pain that they're inflicting on people, but that's just it. I think my focus and our focus has really been like the pain that people are being put through mm-hmm. innocent lives being taken, um, you know, at the hands of the Israeli government. And it sucks because it's like, you know, we could, we could go on this, you know, rant about this, you know, centuries um, old fight for land and culture and what have you. But it's just as simple in my mind as people are being killed in, you know, innocent bloodshed kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, we, it's, it's easy to feel helpless. And I definitely Mm -hmm. do, you know, it's like, I can give as much money as I want, you know, but I'm not going to be on the ground able to, you know, really, I don't feel like I can really make an impact. And Right. While this isn't about like one individual making an impact by any means, it's just it's disheartening to feel like you're you're helpless. You see all of this, you know, this bloodshed, these tears, it's just despair. Um, mm. and that's even putting it lightly. And it's like, what do you what do you fucking do? You know? Yeah. Um so it's we just wanna take a minute to acknowledge all of that. Um there's a lot that we have no control over, obviously. Um, but you know, I think I just would urge anybody listening to take care of themselves yes. in the midst of all of this. Um, you know, whether that be maybe that looks like, you know, turning off the news, which mm-hmm. I understand be like we can be glued to, you know, and maybe sparing yourself from, you know, those arguments with people on social media, whatever that looks like. I just feel like we have to care for ourselves in the yeah. midst of all of this. Absolutely. Easier said than done. So no, but it reminds me of like the political chaos in 2020 and how Mm -hmm. every, everyone was watching the news and everyone was debating about everything. And like, I got so exhausted by all of the conflict that that brought to my personal life with like arguing about it. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And like this time around, Like, I have found myself trying to kind of avoid the news to, like, not get involved in what's happening over in Israel and Gaza right now because, like, because of where I'm at mentally, I feel Mm -hmm. so fragile and I'm like, I can't, like, take that on right now. Eventually, I would like to be back, like, paying attention to the news and, like, knowing everything that's going on in the world more than I do now. But right now I just Mm -hmm. feel very much like I'm trying to like stay afloat. And like, yeah, I'm not saying that's a good thing that I'm like kind of disconnected from the news. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. It just like is what I am capable of right now. And so Mm -hmm. if that like gives anyone just like a sense of permission to just like turn the news off, like it's okay if you just like take the day off, like from thinking about it. Yeah. I think it's also super important to point out that we have the privilege to be able to do that. Yes. And and that is a privilege for sure. And, you know, I could go down a rabbit hole talking about that, but it's just, yeah, it's just heartbreaking, you know, but I understand. I like, I, it is very reminiscent of um, the summer of 2020 at the Mm -hmm. height of the Black Lives Matter movement. It's very reminiscent. Um, And then I also feel some type of way because, um, you know, like Israel is considered, Palestine and all that area is considered holy, um, Mm -hmm. given, you know, our history. And so it's just like, what is, I I just, it's just not black and white. (laughs) It is not black and white. That is for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Thank you for, thanks for addressing that. I really appreciate it. Yeah, totally. Okay. Now let's get to the fun stuff. Um, Yes. What's because, going on with you? How is your well, week going? <laughs> besides the fact that I fucking cut my face like with a hand, like I'm so annoyed. I probably did it in my sleep, like scratched my face. Mm-hmm. And I'm so annoyed because it's like right there and it's painful. And it's like one of those things where like paper cuts are more painful than fucking, <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't have a comparison. Anyway, <laughs> it just hurts and I am not happy about it. Um, all of that to say. <laughs> I am still just kind of taking things a day at a time. Mm-hmm. Um, my week, last week was pretty crazy. I am volunteering with an organization um, that 
works to advocate for children that may be in situations of abuse and neglect. Mm -hmm. And so that has really been like heavy on my heart, but also um, it's been kind of taxing. Like there were definitely moments, even in the last week, I'm going through their training program right now. And there were moments where I just was like, am I in over my head? Like, is this ridiculous of me um, to even you know, pursue. I'm not a mother myself and I'm in a room with like a ton of people that may or may not have kids or maybe they're a Mm -hmm. child therapist or what have you. And I just like found myself feeling very unqualified and I was like, whatever. Mm -hmm. But then actually I was doing a training, like at home training lesson last night. And there was this really frankly graphic video about an abuse situation and foster care situation. Um, and it like kind of re-motivated me if I'm being honest, um, because I was like, oh, this is, there's a need. And it's like simple as that in my mind. So yeah, I'm trucking along. There's definitely a need. Yeah. I'm trucking along, but I mean, we'll see. Um, otherwise my family was in town this past weekend. Chaos (laughs) ensued as it does. Um, I am also watching my sister's um senior cat he has no <laughs> teeth he has kidney problems but what's his name um, tell him his tell them his name acorn squash he's a an orange tabby cat <laughs> acorn squash he's acorn squash cute. Colbert. he's precious he's sassy which cats are and i mean i was telling you i am not a cat person but i am an acorn squash person you know mm-hmm. what i mean like i mm-hmm. love him so much Homeboy is high maintenance as shit. Like I have to mix in medication with his food. He has separation anxiety. So he hasn't been eating his wet food, but he also has dry food. And then he has this bougie ass litter box, which I still, I feel a way about animals that shit inside a house, but that's a different conversation. All of that to Mm -hmm. say, this is a learning experience, but my sister is going to be in Europe for a month. So I cannot wait to see how you feel about acorn squash in a month i know like i love he's really not a bother like look at him right now he's just perched on the couch like he's very picturesque yeah he's so chill that it's like he's not a bother he's very snuggly he's sweet um coda and him don't really get along but they kind of just like avoid each other um because he's i mean he's 15. he's a 15 year old cat like he's an old that is grandpa little grumpy um yeah so that's what's been going on with me um dating scene against my better judgment i reached out to someone that i probably should not have whatever i don't even care at this point and we are supposed to be getting drinks tonight but we will see what happens i feel like i'm in a place with this man where i just like don't even want anything except for like i think like i'm looking for anything I would be looking for in someone else, like another friend, like good Mm. conversation, level-headedness, um, a listening ear. Like, I just, I don't, I don't think that there's anything there. Um, I could be proven wrong, but we'll see. I don't know. I'm just bebopping along. I am so curious to see how that goes. This has Mm -hmm. been like a very like drawn out dramatic thing. I feel like with this guy. Far too drawn out, far too dramatic. I agree. And I feel like I just hope that you get some kind of like answers or like clarity or closure of like why this has been so confusing. Right. Because at one point we were literally going back and forth like, okay, what the hell could it be? Of course, you know, I've had the conversation with people about, and it's hilarious saying this because I'm not in the point in my life where I feel the most accomplished, but it's just funny because like people have made it very clear, like you have achieved all these things you have all of these this blah 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 and like you are portrayed in this way and it's like yeah i love my life my life's fucking great but i had to work my ass off to get it to be as great as it is Mm -hmm. you know it didn't just like it wasn't given to me like i literally have you know been down and out in more ways than one so many times before and i feel like i was kind of thinking about this yesterday and I think that the reason that that got to me, and he very much was of the, the same mind, like you are in a different place in your life than I am, blah, blah, blah. I think that what has gotten to me is that I felt kind of dehumanized in that. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, 
you have achieved this like level of perfection that, and it's like, no, I actually still have days where I cry because I'm like, what the hell? I should have more to show for like the hard work that I have done or, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm human. Like I still have like highs and lows, like everyone else. So I did feel dehumanized. And I think that's why I keep kind of holding on to wanting like something, like some sort of explanation. Cause I'm like, remember you and I were going back and forth, like, wait, is he gay? Does he have like a baby on the way with some random bitch in Minnesota? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. does he, is, does he have an STI that's incurable? Does he have like HIV? Yeah, and, like, like there's you know, like, something, yeah. It literally has been the weirdest, whatever. So yeah, it's just funny, but we're, I mean, we're very, we're cordial. I like him as a person. I do think that he could probably use some, um, cleaning up around the edges as we all could but Mm. yeah so we'll see i will of course keep you guys posted um i ordered my halloween costume today it is (gasps) monday and i am going to a party on saturday i'm gonna be actually it'll be a surprise i'll share it with you guys after or on the day of maybe um let's just say it's a mythological figure wait what a mythological figure mind Wait, did I tell you already? I thought you were going to be a sexy nun. Oh, no, that's my backup. That's from last year. Oh, okay. So that's I don't my know backup. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's I my backup. fan of the sexy nun. Yeah. My ass was out and this creepy, not creepy, mm. creepy. That's so mean. It just, the vibes need to be vibey. Okay. If the vibe is vibey and the outfit matches, and, but I think that this is going to be the party <laughs> where I can have my ass out. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Either way, I'm getting tights this year. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, but, no, that's my backup costume. Yeah. What about you? What are you doing for Halloween? I reluctantly agreed to go to, like, a big Halloween party in Denver um, <laughs> with a friend. Um, and we're going to go as butterflies. We got, like, little butterfly capes. They're rainbow, which is great because we are both super gay. Our initial plan was like, what should we go as? And we were like, straight girls. Just kidding. That was us for 30 years. <laughs> so oh, we're going to be rainbow God. butterflies. Yeah. Wait, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> I'm really trying to like go out a little bit more, like especially as like winter, fall is like coming. <laughs> I feel like people get like very reclusive and I'm like, uh-oh. I got to make sure that like I leave my apartment. So I'm like trying to stay engaged with friends. I also am dating this girl, which has been like wonderful, but also complicated. And, you know, I definitely have like a past history of like being codependent in relationships. And so I feel like the more that I can like have my own things and like my own people, my own life, like outside of her, like, the harder codependency is going to be. So right. going out what with has, friends. Okay, wait, we're going to put a pin in the relationship thing because we should absolutely talk about it because that's kind of like what we're talking about today is like navigating, like where the fuck is the manual? Where's the handbook mm-hmm. for navigating these like super complicated relationships? Even in like my case, what I just shared with you, yeah, like this long, it's been very drawn out and more dramatic than I, than is like, my cup of tea like mm-hmm. i don't do i like a man shows me an uh some sort of like adverse like tendency or characteristic or whatever and i'm done like i'm out mm-hmm. like you do not have to tell me twice but for some reason this person i'm just drawn to i don't really know why whatever we can unpack mm-hmm. that later but i like there's no manual right so it's like especially now that you're navigating dating women which comes with a whole different set of things like tendencies or I want to use the word regulations for some reason. I don't know why it just feels right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. So like, tell us, tell us all the things I want to hear where you're at. You've been through a lot with her. I know, but let's just sum it up. Yeah. Well, the thing that I have not disclosed yet on the pod that I feel like comfortable doing at this point is that the girl that I am dating is married to a man. 
So that has been interesting. Um, so they are they like are in an in, open yes. marriage. Yes. Yes. I was like, wait, let's lead with that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they're in an open relationship. They're both dating other people. I um, like found out about that on our first date and was like, okay, that's like a new thing for me. But like, I really like you. Like, let's just like see where it goes. And where it has gone is all over the place. But we're still here. <laughs> We're trucking through. <laughs> okay, this um, is so interesting to me. And, like, I don't want to use the word polyamory because I'm not 100% sure, but that that's what this situation is. Mm -hmm. Like, because I think that polyamory, like, everyone has to be poly. I'm, I don't fully understand that to me. That's actually not me. true. Yeah, because okay. I've done a lot of research on it because, um, like, in a lot of ways, what they're doing is poly are they going to do this long-term like as a couple or as individuals that's still kind of TBD. Um, but yeah, you can be in a poly relationship where one of the people is monogamous and the other person is polyamorous. Like it's do we not all about that communication. Like, yeah, that's fair. I, I, I'm obviously projecting here because I can only speak to my experience. I, I'm not a possessive person. I'm not really a jealous person. Like if I've, the relationships that I've been in with men historically, it's like, oh, like you have friends that are girls. Like obviously there has to be boundaries, but I'm not mm -hmm. one to be like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. whatever. Um, because I have my own shit and like you have your own shit, like great. But what I will say about the relationships that I have been in, it's like, no, the dick is mine. Like, oh, so like I cannot, I couldn't be Polly. And I know that because I know myself and my boundaries and all of those things. And, but I also want him to be that way with me. I want him to be like, no, that mm -hmm. pussy's mine. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like we are. Monogamous. Some, yeah. I guess that is the word. That's yep. the word. Monogamous. <laughs> yeah. That, and that's great. Yeah. Like, and I think that works great for some people. I think polyamory works great for some people. Mm -hmm. Like I really truly feel like it is a case by case scenario and like person by person scenario. But like right. there are situations where I think polyamory is a great solution um, mm -hmm. or not even a solution, but just a great way to like approach relationships. What right. I am learning. So I went into this and I was like, yeah, I'm open minded. Let's try it. And then realized really quickly, like, oh, yeah, but I do have PTSD and, like, need a lot of reassurance in relationships. And this makes that more challenging. So there's been, like, a couple yep. of times where I'm, like, I don't know if we can do this. Like, I thought that, like, we were going to maybe break up. And then every time that's happened, like, we've been able to, like, talk through it. And at this point, we're just kind of like taking it like a couple weeks at a time and um, really practicing our communication skills because damn, like to be Polly, you got to fucking communicate like a champ. Yeah. Um, and she is a great communicator. Her husband is like they've learned how to do that. Um, and yeah, so it's just like a I wasn't expecting to be in this situation, but I'm also like kind of just along for the ride to see yeah. where it goes. Yeah. I mean, I don't think anybody given your background expects themselves to be in that situation at all. Yeah. yeah. Um, do you have any like reservations? Like where is your mind at with like, like would you ever go hang out with her husband just like one-on-one -on -one and like get lunch with him? I like literally would. I went over to their house last night and hung out with both of them. Like the three of us yeah. hung out. Um, I think he's so cool. Like it's kind of annoying yeah. how much I like him. He reminds me a lot of Travis. Like their dynamic is very similar to me and Trav. So like that has been really cool for Emily and I to like connect over and get to like just kind of have this understanding of each other that most people don't understand like yeah. our situations um but no i think that he is amazing my reservations are like is my heart capable of like being in this situation like mm. am i capable of being in like an open relationship and like ultimately i like i want to be with her like monogamously like that is 
what I want. But mm-hmm. the reality is that like, that's not where she is right now. And so yeah. like, I recently kind of came to a fork in the road of like, okay, well, I can either like end this and move on or like figure out like how to keep dating her and like having her in my life without these like expectations of what the future looks like. And I think it's right. like very good for me to have to practice being like present and not like planning out the future and just taking it like a day at a time. I don't know how long I'm going to like be able to do that for that, like seems to be the question. But um, I think I mentioned last week that like I'm back in therapy now. So I was able to give my new therapist like the whole rundown of the situation. And I'm really glad to like have her support because it definitely is a situation that like you need support. For. What did she say? What was like her like, <laughs> guiding philosophy? Well, we just had an intake. So I went over like everything with her. So I didn't really mm-hmm. get too much of like her take. Um, but I'm just, you know, I've had like a handful of friends that I've like been talking to about this situation and they, you included, have been wonderful. But I'm like, just to have a professional kind of overseeing the situation to be like, hey, Maybe you should Someone, pay attention an to objective, this. Yeah, yeah. You need like an objective eye into into things for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. God. See, here's the thing. When it comes to like monogamy and polyamory and all the amies, amies, bbcs, all the things, I feel like I'm not convinced that humans were necessarily made to be monogamous, which is why I feel so yeah. conflicted because I think that I am monogamous. And so I think, again, much like many other things, um, it's a spectrum, right? And I'm like, okay, or not even necessarily a spectrum, just like a scale of, you know, people who maybe acknowledge that, you know, um, poly relationships can be successful, exist, um, and they pursue them. And then there's the people, you know, kind of on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, I think that I've known polyamorous relationships to be successful, Mm -hmm. Um, but I am just monogamous to my core. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it speaks to like, I don't know. I don't want to say someone who's poly isn't loyal, but I have this like view on loyalty that I don't, I I don't know. I just, I, I wonder if it's rooted in that. I don't know. I don't know. Still figuring that out, which of course probably will be for the rest of my life, but mm-hmm. you know, yeah, but it's like crazy that we're both, I mean, we're in very different situations, obviously, but we're both in a place where we're like, what, how, like, what do we do? Like there isn't right. like a rule book. And I feel like right. we were both in these marriages that like were, you know, started in the church where we had, they were very this, like heavy. Yeah, rule heavy. And yep. even if no one called it rules, there were just like set expectations. Right. Um, we had, you know, other like heterosexual Christian couples in our communities to look to. And I just, I mean, I have, I don't have any friends that have dated a married woman other than. I have a couple, but they definitely, it's like, I didn't meet them in the church. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I exactly. mean? Exactly. Like, I, I just think that like, it's, it's interesting that you bring that up because yes, I agree. We were in marriages where there were a lot of unspoken rules. Mm -hmm. Um, and the handbook was scripture, the word of God. Oh, don't say it. Oh, the the Bible. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Uh, Anyway. Excuse me. Handbook, hand guide, guidebook. What am I saying? I don't know because it, it was neither and, and it wasn't any of those things. Like it just, yeah. it was like, yeah. And then it was interesting because it was like, okay, well we have these, you know, guidelines that we have to abide by as wives, but like maybe our husbands, or in my case, my husband maybe didn't have to abide by the guidebook, you know? Mm. And if you are picking up what I'm putting down. And so I'm just like, why, what, what is this? You know what I mean? Like yeah. I like to consider myself an intelligent person enough to question like, you know, something that has been institutionalized the same way that the Bible has. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, for what? I just, anyway, I'm not going to rant because I can actually rant for three and a half hours about that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
all of that to say, I do feel like one of the reasons I found myself so unhappy in my marriage was because like, I am a free spirit. I'm a fucking Aries. I will buy a plane ticket to a different country on a whim. Like I say out of pocket shit, like I am that person and I'm owning that. And I'm proud of that person to, to have become that person from this like meek, very frail, scared, Hmm. um, not confident person. Like I'm proud of the person that I become. Right. Yeah. But I do feel like one of the reasons I was so unhappy in my marriage was because I was, that's what was expected of me to shut up when I needed to shut up to, um, submit. Okay. That's what's super interesting. I don't think that me or my ex ever, like we never really subscribed to that. That's good. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, because like he, you know, it, I don't think that he, I could never see him like being that person to be like, okay, well, like I'm the head of this household. I'm making blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it's like, okay, Gandalf, let me go get your fucking staff, Jesus. But like, yeah, like I just, he was never really that person. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I well, just, and like I, Travis wasn't either, but right. I wanted him to be. Like that was what was expected. It was like, you're like yes. the spiritual okay, good leader. Point. And right. that's one of right. the reasons why I married Travis. Like I have described Travis as being like my perfect Christian husband, mm-hmm. just not my perfect partner outside of right. Christianity. But I remember thinking this is a man that I respect enough to submit to. Like that was part of why I was like, I want to marry him. But it put all this pressure on him. Like he's not like a natural, like outgoing leader. Like it just, yeah, he constantly felt like he wasn't living up to this expectation. It's all, Mm. it's expectations. Like, right, right. Yeah. I think that's super, yeah. Expectations will literally um, fix everything or more than likely. Suffocate. Exactly. So like the expectation that I had going into marriage was very much like, you know, the whole, let's just, I can literally sum it up in one phrase. Are you ready? And you've heard me say this before. Don't go to bed angry. Oh God. Yeah. That is the expectation that I had going into marriage. And like that, there's so many things that I feel like could stem from that like concept Mm -hmm. or that way of thinking, like don't go to bed angry. Um, You know, and like, I just, And we have talked about how like love, we don't think that love in and of itself is enough to sustain, uh, you know, a long-term relationship. I still Mm -hmm. obviously believe that. And that's, you know, is very applicable to what was my marriage, but I just, there was something in me, like I woke up every day and I just felt like dead inside. And I think it's because, well, later on in my marriage, let's be real. Um, And I think it's just because like, I... I came to realize that I was never going to be the perfect Christian wife. Mm. And I came to realize after that, that I should have never set out to be the perfect Christian wife. Yeah. And that is what really even still like shakes me up because I'm like, holy shit, you know, and I could, I could totally spiral or like allow myself to spiral and be like, holy fuck. I got married when I was 23, you know, like I'm 29 now. My marriage took up all my twenties, like all of this, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like if this is the person that came out on the other side, you know, if the mm-hmm. handbook quote unquote would have guaranteed this, I would have still done it all over again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I love that. Um, and I think like for me leaving church, um, one of the things that I really struggled with or not just church, but like religion altogether is mm-hmm. feeling like a lack of guidance in my yeah. life. Like, I really miss just like the gathering of like coming together with like-minded people to like center you on what you want to focus on. Like that's right. At its best. I feel like what church is or does. Right. Um, Right. So, but I have not felt that as extremely as I have now being in like a relationship that's like a little unconventional, not something that I'm used to. Um, like I don't have role models to look up to. I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Like, what is my like North star? What is guiding me in all of this? Right. And I feel like it's my body. It's like, hmm. d- how does my nervous system feel? Like mm. I'm having to like 
tap so deeply into my bodily sensations to be like, does this feel good? Like sometimes excitement feels like anxiety and I have to like sit with that and be like, is this good anxiety or like bad anxiety? And one of the things with the girl that I'm dating, as complicated as our situation is, like when I'm around her, my nervous system is so calm. And I've started to pay attention to that with people in my Mm -hmm. life. Like who just feels like someone I can sit down with and take a deep breath and be like, oh, hi, like you're here. Like that's what I'm like trying to collect is people like that in my life. And so I'm very much like letting my body kind of like lead me. And like when that starts Mm -hmm. to not feel good, like that would be like concerning for me. Like if I felt like stressed around her all the time, there has been some stress like from the relationship, but it's more about like my own insecurities and like not being codependent and all of that fun stuff. Right. Um, Right. But yeah, like I'm like really taking this as a huge lesson of like, Oh, I think that my body is like the guide that I've been looking for. You know, we've talked so much about like mental health and mental well-being, like aligning with what we feel physically. Mm -hmm. And I do think that there's an element of like kind of of healing really where people don't consider how things manifest in their body. And this is a lesson that I learned probably two years ago at this point, like everything will manifest in your body, regardless of if it's joy, if it's grief, if it's anger, if it's stress, whatever it is, speaking of which I have about six new gray hairs that I found because I'm, (laughs) I don't know why they've decided to pop up sidebar because I like, I don't feel as stressed as I have been, but I wonder if it's like residual gray hairs. Anyway, I'll figure it out. Keep you guys posted. Um, but yeah, I think that like, there's a lot around like our nerve, like we were made with nervous systems for a reason. Like, why are we not tapping into like how certain situations make us feel or like how mm-hmm. um, to navigate certain like relationships like we've, we've been talking about um, considering our bodies and like what they're telling us. And honestly, Kel, I feel fucking crazy even saying this, but I think that that's why this guy that we've been, you know, in my life that he's not mm-hmm. in my life. I feel fucking weird saying that. Whatever. The one that he's we in have your had life. so many. Com- I mean, Yeah. He's a person that I know that exists and is alive. Um, (laughs) In your life. Yep. Yep. Um, I think that one of the reasons that I'm so like not willing to just like cold turkey it is Mm. because of that, because there's something like in my nervous system that's like you feel peaceful, Mm -hmm. you know? Now, would I tell him that to his face at this point? Hell no. You better not. Absolutely not. No, he has God. not brought peace. He has brought chaos. Yeah, well, yes, but like physically being around him yes. is peaceful. Yes. And that's what I'm just like, so I think that like it's a challenge in my mind. Like I'm like, oh, I'm up for the challenge to figure out why this is. Like why, you know, though you've inflicted so much seemingly, honest, no, there's been some chaos. I think I also did bring chaos to the table. Like the handbook does not mention <laughs> drunk oh, calling. You. there's no mention in the handbook of drunk calling people there are literal times where i I drunk called him and i completely forgot about it yeah it was really bad (laughs) yeah it wasn't good it definitely wasn't fucking good but you know what whatever i'm only human i do with what i do what i can with what i have and Mm -hmm. at the time i had a lot of liquor and a cell phone so you're doing amazing sweetie thank you I'm doing what I can. And what's funny is like the second that I like healed from it or like was on the path to healing from it and moving on is when I heard from him again, which isn't how it always goes. Yeah, it really is. Men are so predictable. They always come back. Anyway. There's just so much like there's no closure with you guys. That sucks for everyone involved. I think so. I mean, I'm not holding my breath. I'm involved. (laughs) I'm like the one that told you. I'm the one that told you to text him. I feel a little responsible for being in this situation. That's fair. I don't know. He's not a bad person. He's just young and like 
there, yeah, whatever I could go on. But, um, all of that to say, I do think that like our nervous system very much plays a huge part in all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I just think back to like every single relationship I have ever had, like, yeah, platonic or otherwise, like I, I think that an excellent piece of advice is exactly what you just said. Like consider how your body is feeling around this person when you're talking to this person, thinking about this person, like what happens? Yeah. Like Um, the actual sensations in your body, like where do you feel stress? Where do you feel peace? Like it's a great embodiment practice. And it's something that I, I mean, I like growing up in the church, like we were taught that our bodies were sinful, like that our yes. hearts were deceitful, like that we weren't to be trusted. And I think it's like, okay, sidebar, if we, <laughs> if our hearts are so deceitful, if our bodies are so sinful, then why the fuck were we made this way? Like, I'm sorry. It yeah, make it make sense. Stupid. Anyway, keep going. Yeah. I yeah. hate it. I really, really hate it. Um, it's truly like my biggest like beef with Christianity, if you will, is like the disconnection from your body, because that was like the learning to disconnect from my body and like believing that my body was bad brought so much unnecessary suffering. And now I'm like relearning like, hello, body, like little container of life. Like, I would like to be nice to you now. Like, I would like to learn to communicate with you now. Like, let's be friends. Right. (laughs) And I hated my body. Like, I called my body an it, a thing. I was like, I can't wait to get to heaven. So I don't have this, like, piece of shit, like, body that I'm just carrying around with me all the time. Yeah. And, like, I was just so mean. But it's because Mm -hmm. I believed she was bad. And now I know that. And I'm like putting those pieces back together. But yeah, it did a lot of damage to my mental health because ultimately our mental health is our physical health. Like our brains are part of us. Like we are one being. Um, Yeah. Oh my God. Okay. This I could absolutely rant about, but we we all know (laughs) that that whole idea of being able to separate like mind from body and what have you is rooted in patriarchal norms. Like- Mm -hmm. You think about how traditionally men are supposed to be like big and tough and put their emotions aside and their mental, you know, well-being aside because they have to defend and they have to be manly Mm -hmm. and they have to be valiant and all this bullshit, you know? And so, you know, women come along in their, all of their strength and they are like, oh, I'm strong enough to, to recognize that there's a disconnect between my mind and my body. Like what the fuck is happening But then, you know, the patriarchal bullshit steps in and they're like, no, we put that aside to do what we have to do because we're, uh, you know, like your duty. It's like this idea of like duty. And it's like, Mm -hmm. fuck off. Fuck off. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? Because women (laughs) whose mind, body and souls are integrated are fucking powerful. Very powerful. Yes. Those are women that will change the world. And it's a threat. Like, it's a threat to the patriarchy. Like, yeah. I think that when we, like, know ourselves and are integrated, we can, like, do some fucking damage in the best way. Oh, 100%. 100%. I just think about, like, you know, figures in, in, like, women's history. Like, you think about how many women have overcome adversity in every sense. And it's like, are you kidding? Like they weren't bound by patriarchal anything. They had to like release themselves from those patriarchal stipulations or norms or what have you, you know, to like do the damn mm-hmm. thing. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, I'm not going to learn about fucking Joan of Arc and or Harriet Tubman and, you know, what have you and sit back and not make a change or like you know what I mean step into my power like that's just and now that I think that we have this like kind of widespread um resistance if you will like oh the patriarchy is shaking in its goddamn boots you know and Mm -hmm. sweetie you can continue to shake because we're not going anywhere it's simple as that Mm -hmm. um but yeah no the handbook definitely didn't mention anything about navigating patriarchal influences in relationships wait are we referring to the bible as the handbook no just the like the handbook that doesn't exist and navigating relationships gotcha the 
handbook. The non-existent handbook. <laughs> handbook. Right. Right, right, right. Air yeah. quotes. Yeah. Mm. So I just, it's just all, I don't know. I'm kind of like on one today thinking about it. Like, I don't know. Um, I think it's because I've just really, like, I've had friends recently kind of come to me and say, I think I may have talked about this previously, but like, I miss the old you. Um, and she's like, you know, mm. referring to um, the me that was married, that the one that I described before, that was meek, that was subservient, that was not outspoken, um, was not quick to want to think for herself, all of these things. And it mm. kind of like, it's hard to hear, especially from another woman, because it's like, do you understand that it's simply a difference of me having not stepped into my power and me stepping into my power? So yeah. to hear from a friend, especially a, a woman, a fellow woman, black woman who mm. experiences very many of the same things that I do to, for, to hear her say that it's like, I don't know. It makes me very, I don't know that I really have words to express like how it makes me feel, but it's like, it makes me contemplate a lot and think through a lot. And mm -hmm. I think despite, you know, hearing that from a person that I really respect and love and cherish, I'm still fucking standing firm in like having stepped into my power, you know, like, and fully stepping into who I am and giving myself the grace and like the space to further learn and explore and flourish and like literally grab yeah. life by the balls. Cause like, I don't believe that I was put here okay. to like do anything less. You know what I mean? So I yeah. think like all of that to say, <laughs> Rewinding back to this little situation that I found myself in with this man that I honestly, I'm hopeful that I will actually like see him today and like maybe get some closure, mm -hmm. maybe not. Maybe it'll just be like a conversation between friends. I don't know. I don't really want to set an expectation there, but I, I just like, I'm feeling like a lot of gratitude for like even being the person that would be like, no, I want to hear more from him. Like I'm going to go out of my way to, mm -hmm. to get what I want. You know, mm -hmm. um, because I, I wasn't that person for a long time. I very much diminished myself. I very much silenced myself. Was I silent or were I, was I silenced in the words of Oprah? Mm. Probably both. Mm. both. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's that on that. I'm hopeful for you tonight. Yeah. Look, I've turned down many a proposition in the past several weeks and, be, and I... I don't know. I This is bad. I think mm -hmm. we all have that one mm -hmm. person that has probably done us pretty wrong and X, Y, Z, but they could come back to us, give us a look or something. And we'd be like, fine, I'll sit on your face. Like he's yeah. fucking know yeah. why he's that person for me. I'm so annoyed. Like, oh God, I fucking hate that he has that power over me, but whatever. I'm aware of that power and that's all I can do. Be aware going into it all. So Wish me luck. I do not want to sleep with him. I do, for the record, but I don't because that would really throw a wrench into shit. Yeah, like wrenched. Oh, like that's fucked. Like it's wrenched. <laughs> I love you. And you guys, we'll see you next week. Bye.